Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. It's great to have your company. Well, we're hot off the heels of what was an extraordinary WA Day round eight of football. There was thunder and lightning and it was very, very frightening. Of course, we'll bring you all the games from WA Day round eight, the player of the year votes and much, much more. We'll also have Thomas Edwards from Swan Districts joining us on the show today. Paul Persick with you and once again joining me is Taylor Cowper. TC, an extraordinary round of footy. It was. And uh, we'll dissect it all. Very, uh, I, I'm ready to. I'm ready to rip today. Oh, I don't blame you, mate. You've still got the light blue and white yep. on uh, you after uh, the Sharks' loss on Monday. Don't worry, you're not the only one disappointed after yeah, West Perth. There's a lot to talk about that game, but looking forward to our first guest uh, having him up a little bit later as well. Tommy Edwards from yeah. uh, Swats. He was in great form uh, yeah. on uh, Sunday against the West Coast Eagles. In fact, we do have him on right now. He kicked six goals on Sunday against the Eagles. He's good enough to join us. Tommy, welcome to the show, mate. Uh- how we doing? Going very well. Great to have you here. Huge performance by you against uh, the Eagles. Six goals, uh, and it did a lot around the ball. You must be very impressed with your form over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, sort of had a bit of a slight week the week before against Subi, but um, yeah, it was good to get get my hands on it a bit and get on the end of a couple against West Coast. So it was good. Hey, uh, Tommy. Just before we get into the real hard hitting questions, what's your natural hair color? <laughs> it is. It is natural. It is blonde. I haven't done any treated or anything so yeah I do get that a bit actually but nah it is, <laughs> I haven't put any anything in there. Fair enough now um, for you guys Swans obviously you, you, you're probably not where you'd want to be at the start now where you thought you would have been at the start of the season um, Those we, we've spoken about a lot on this show those two losses at home to you guys which we thought were really winnable games um, do you just put them in the back of the mind now and start focusing on the second half of the season? Uh, yeah sort of we've got a yeah we've Obviously, last year we defended Bill Blue really well, and he played really well there. I think we ended up being like eight and one or going at home. So we do like playing at home, but yeah, it was tough to cough up those few close ones at the start of this year. But we've yeah, just try to work on that and take things away, and hopefully, really start to build into the second half of the year because it has been a bit slower start than we're hoping for. Mm. Now, of course, uh, it's your first season under a new coach, Andrew Prune. Uh, what do you make of his uh, footy philosophy and his game plan around the team uh, in his first season at the helm? Yeah, Prune's a great man. He's obviously been involved in the club for a long time. Um, he's got a good relationship with him, and yeah, he's been really good. He's um, he's a student of the game, and yeah, I think he's going to do good things for the club going forward. So he's definitely, he's been great for us, I reckon. Did you cop much rain on Sunday? Uh, nah. How we thankful lucky, were you weren't playing we got, yesterday? <laughs> very, very thankful. I was thinking that watching watching the games, actually. I was like, oh, all yeah, right, lucky not playing today. There you go. Just going back to uh, to Pruny just quickly, he's, he's gotten uh, a lot of good out of the players as well, especially the younger guys. Yeah. Uh, Jackson McLaughlin, his first season, he's you know gotten a lot of good out of Jacko. Yeah, Jacko's, been freak coming over. He's a great man, and yeah, he's brought a lot to the team. We've sort of um, needed a bit through the um, guts there, and not having him early in the year probably hurt us a little bit. But since he's come in, he's been been elite. Talking about this game that you guys played against the Eagles on Saturday, they were really good in the first quarter. The Eagles they were really competitive against uh, you guys at the Swans. But is it good to get a good win 
a, a big win like you did on Saturday, just build a bit of momentum heading into the second half, but also, you know, the last month of footy, footy hasn't been that great for you guys. Does that momentum play into it a bit, do you think? Oh, 100%. We were obviously had so many close ones and we were just, um, feels like every every week we're going into three-quarter time with gaming the balance has yeah. been pretty full on. So um, it was good just to put a side away and the Eagles, yeah, that, as you said, they showed a lot. They got some pretty talented blokes out there obviously on the Eagles list and stuff so um, they definitely hung around and they were good for the first half but when we were able to put them away in the last there it was definitely going to be good for our momentum and going into Perth this week I reckon. Yeah for sure. It's a big game for your boys against the Demons on Sunday at Steel Blue Over. You want to defend that home fortress once again you've got a first win on the board there. What's it like now to, to, have, to finally have two wins at home in a row after what had been a rough start? Yeah it'll really set us up well for the second half of the year. Obviously, as I said, we haven't really had the start we were hoping for, so we've sort of just got to um, put that, like you said, in the back of the mind now and really go forward. But, yeah, against Perth this week, it's going to be a huge game for us and we're going to have to make sure we take care of business. Mate, you've got to make sure you defend Steelball over this weekend against Perth. Good luck with it. And, um, mate, I still reckon you put a, put, a, put a little bit of something in your hair, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that a bit. Old fish is telling me I've got the lemon juice in there, but no, I don't. There you go. Thanks, mate, for joining us. And good luck with the second half of the season. Thanks a lot. See you later. That was Tommy Edwards from Swan District. That is a star, District. isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Tommy's been fantastic. Six goals against the West Coast Eagles on Sunday at Steel Blue Oval. Big game for them against the Demons. You're listening to Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the WAFL. Just before we get into the games, of course, every game is live, free, and in full on the AFL app or on afl.com.au. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, let's get into the five games. TC is part of WA Day Round 8. And didn't Claremont give Perth a nice old touch-up over there at Lath Lane? Seven goals to two in the first quarter, and the Tigers were never headed. Uh, well, you just spoke to Tom before. I reckon he they'd be licking their lips at this at the moment, especially heading uh, the, taking on Perth this weekend at Steelwell Oval. That would be great for them to, to follow their win up against Eagles with another win against Perth. Uh, but they were fantastic, Claremont, on the weekend. Saw the highlights of this game. They were back to their best after, obviously, that loss to Eastern Mantle the week before. Um, yeah, and, and we, we spoke about the depths of Claremont with uh, obviously Jack Buller leaving the side. We were kind of questioning how they would be up forward and, mate, they ticked all the boxes. I think they absolutely. did a great job. Absolutely. Their forward depth is absolutely extraordinary, even without Jack Buller. You know, you had the likes of Max Minio who kicked three, uh, Declan Mountford who played up forward a little bit, usually is in the centre or down back kicking two, and Alexander Manuel back in the league team, he repaid the selectors' faith. He was sensational with five goals from ten kicks and also laid down four tackles up forward as well. So the options that Claremont have got up forward, just brilliant, and why they're equal top spot in the ladder. Have you watched this game? Yes. What did you think of the other side of the coin, the Demons? Just, um, it's, it, you know, we've spoken about them a lot in this mm. podcast. We know they're in a big rebuild phase. We know mm. that there are going to be times throughout the year where they do struggle, and, and Claremont aren't. Claremont are a premier side in this competition, so we did expect them to win and win quite comfortably, Claremont. But from a Perth point of view, there was just looked at times in the game where they were just a bit lost. Yeah, they, they were lost on the field, uh, even with the likes of Jack Cooley, Jack Avery and Charlie Thompson seeing plenty of the ball. Their midfield and their forward line in particular don't have a lot of structure. And yeah, it's easy to say they're in a rebuilding period, but they need to 
form a really good structure. And also up forward as well, mm. with Jaden Hunter, keep in mind, being also drafted to Essendon, uh, Harry Quartermain and Sam Stubbs were their only viable avenues yeah. to goal up forward. They just need to fill those pieces of the puzzle. They can do it, but it's going to be a long way away. And we, we, we've spoken about that a lot, haven't we? We know that that rebuild is going to take a while. And they have had glimpses of great footy throughout the season, but there just wasn't much of it this weekend. Yeah, it was a tough one over there for Peter German's side. Uh, only six goals, 11 to 19, 17. The inside 50s again telling the story at Perth's expense, 67 yeah. to 34. Not only the forwards, but the way Claremont's midfield was able to operate. Bolton, Miles was sensational. He's having a great season. And also Jack Lucy and Anthony Treacy really adding to already a very, very strong Claremont side. Their depth everywhere is outstanding. And, you know, I had them missing the five, but I'm eating my words happily at the moment. Yeah. They are in the top two and they deserve to be. And if you thought about it as well, if you chuck in their goal scorer and Jack Buller leaving halfway through the season as well, I know that there was a couple of players last year in the competition as a whole that got picked up in the season draft and some clubs really lamented that from a second half of the year point of view. But you know, if you're Claremont, you're sitting pretty happy at the moment. Absolutely, of course. They got a big game, top spot up for grabs against Peel Thunder yeah. on Saturday. Let's go to the second game at uh, Steel Blue Oval on Sunday. Swan Districts really putting the Eagles to the sword once again, 16-18 to 5-3. Again, Tommy Edwards, sensational. Yep. But I want to talk about Jackson McLaughlin. He's been in the league side only for a few weeks now. He's playing like he's played 100 games. Yeah. He is sensational on the ball, great in and under player. And uh, he's not afraid to run like the wind when he's got the ball in his hand. He's running carry sensational. Well, I needed some players like that to stand up, especially at home against a team which we, we both penciled in as the win. And I did say last week when we were previewing round eight that we were going to, if 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 Swans lost this game, we would devote a whole show <laughs> just to talk about them. And I'll tell you what, at quarter time, I thought we, that might have been on the cards a little bit. Credit where credit is due, though, the Eagles... Their first quarter was really, really strong. They gave it a crack. They, they gave it a real crack. And in the second quarter as well, 4-2 yeah. to 5-10 at half time. The Eagles were, you know, in a very good position. But in the end, you know, the second half, I mean, 11 goals to just one in that second half just blew them away. There was some positives for the Eagles, however. Jackson yep. Nelson, the captain of the Waffle side, very, very good. 23 touches. Josh Brown in good form with 30 again. Also six tackles. They just need some more good in and under, uh, in and under players and more players that are willing to get physical at the contest. They just lack that against uh, against Swan Districts on Sunday and have yeah. done throughout the entire season. Yeah, and, and oh, Swan's pretty. They needed this win, oh, yeah. especially at home. You know, finally got one on the board at home, which they really need. Hopefully they can back it up this weekend against, uh, against Perth there as well at Steel Blue but yeah like I said credit where credit's due the Eagles they they stood up in the first half love to see them you know let's just go for three quarters next week let's yeah. try and really be competitive for three quarters next week uh, Subiaco Subiaco next week so and that is at Mineral Resources Park, so hopefully they can get the... Well, they won't get the win, let's be fair, but hopefully they're just more competitive. Yeah, 110% effort. That's what uh, the Eagles would only need. If they can take it up to Subiaco, then that'll be a big tick in the box. Speaking of Subiaco, well, it wasn't it wet and wild on Sunday at Lane Group Stadium in Mandra. This was the third game. They got up by just six points, 8-14 to 8-8. A rare home loss for Peel Thunder. Their first in about 10 home yeah. games at Lane Group Stadium. Shows why it's hard to win over there at Lane Group Stadium, but the Lions, they just keep getting the job done under pressure. I watched the final quarter of this game. Uh, I was actually down south and I reckon, I don't know what it was like in Perth. I heard it was pretty bad, but I reckon in the Bunbury region, there would have been at least 40 mils of rain in five minutes, I reckon. It was unbelievable. But watch the last quarter of this game because I couldn't get out of the house. Um, 
I thought it was going to be a draw. It was just yeah. back and forth footy. It was it was wet down there in Mandurah. It was just one of those games where, and we speak about it all the time, that the weather, and when it rains, it's the great equaliser in footy. We knew this was going to be a tight game anyway. Um, and I thought, heading into the final call, that Peel were going to get the job done purely because it was home. But Subi did a great job. Zach Clark stood up when he needed to stand up as well. Uh, their midfield did great. They knew how to use the... They, they, they were coached extremely well, Subiaco. Yeah. They knew that they had to change their game style up a little bit when that rain came, and they did that. We'll talk about Eastern Mantle in a minute, which they didn't do that. Um, but, you know, if they, they got the ball where they needed to get it. It was hard one game of footy for Subiaco, and... You asked the question, Paul, uh, in our notes here, are Subi back? I think they probably are. They are. They're back. No doubt about that. Where will they finish in the five if they make it? That is still yet to be told, but I reckon they could be somewhere around that third or fourth yeah. bracket if they keep on going, especially with now that Claremont and Peel Thunder are still at the top well, half of the table. Well, I still reckon Peel Thunder are probably a better side on paper than Subiaco. Mm. I would probably put Claremont and probably an East Street Mantle above them. So, but fourth and fifth, I reckon, for Subiaco is very, very reachable for them at the moment. But... um. You know, they played very well. They played great footy on, on, on Sunday. Not only Zach Clark was sensational, but also Liam Hickmont. He is continuing his yeah, great is. season uh, in the midfield. Six tackles, 30 disposals, and he also had six inside 50s as well. His delivery, especially late, was incredibly vital. Oh, yeah. And like I said, they, they just adapted to that style of footy. They knew that they needed to change it up. They needed they needed to try... They knew that they needed to try something different, and they did full credit to Subiaco. I... Uh, not many people would have had them playing finals footy, I, I don't think, at the start of the season, but I think they're going to be well and truly there. They are rocking and rolling. Yeah. Bo Wardman's men are well and truly back in 2023. Now we go to WA Day, the two derbies, and the weather really told the story. Both games delayed by 30 minutes because of the thunder and lightning. One of those, it was at the can, WACA Can, can I just jump in for a second? Yeah, can, sure. I know that that's game four, and then we got... Can we can we do the East Perth and West Perth game first? All right, we'll do I that. I want to unload on East Fremantle, and All I know right. I'm an East Frio man, but there's some things I've got to say. All right. So we'll go East Perth and West Perth. East Perth, this is a statement win to do it against it the reigning yeah. premiers in the WA Day Derby. Ross McQueen, he's coached the side very well this season, has got them back on track and uh, dare I say, they deserve to be in the five. Do we know how many people were uh, at this game? I wasn't at that game. Yeah. I, was, I was at the one at the Wacker, and it, it was very tough. I had a gut feeling that there wasn't going to be a lot of people because of the weather. I reckon there was about two at the Wacker. I'm mm. not so sure about it, Leaderville Oval, but I wouldn't be surprised it was probably similar. But the weather, yeah, that, that deterred a lot of people, I imagine, heading to these games. But like you said, East Perth, we've spoken about them a lot this season on the on the podcast, and... Um, you tipped East Perth in this? No, I went with West you, Perth. And I went with West Perth as we well. We both went with yeah, West Perth. Yeah, we thought they were going to easily get the win on this one. But to lose by by six goals... A statement. Is a statement in that weather as well. Uh, I haven't... I'll be honest, I haven't really... I've watched a few highlights of this, but I haven't watched the whole game. And they the, the, the midfield for East Perth, they really stood up in this wet Their weather. Their cohesiveness yeah. was very important in those wet conditions when you got Crowden, Schumacher, also Nicholas Robinson, he returned to the league side and played a great game, 31 touches and eight marks. And also Tommy North uh, in uh, defence and in midfield as well really held his own. And Stanley Wright was just outstanding as well. Everything just clicked for East Perth that day. What's wrong with West Perth though? I'd love to know. So I mean, they, they had that game at, at, at uh, Pentanet Stadium a couple of week, weeks yeah. ago against Subiaco where they lost. Yeah, Peel Thunder as well. Peel Thunder as well. They blew like a five-goal lead. Yeah. These are the running premiers These who are, yeah. we expected a lot from at the start of the season who aren't firing on all cylinders at the moment, who should have won this game against, West Perth, uh, against East Perth. And 
you know, it was a leveller, wasn't it? The it rain was. came in. You, sh- you can't be losing a game by six goals in the rain. Especially when you're the reigning premiers. 100%. Especially. And, and when you've got so many players still out of that side. Keegan Knott didn't play. Not he yet. was dropped, uh, which you know, still boggles the mind, to be honest with you. Black, he was okay. Didn't get a lot of support apart from Meadows. And they just couldn't get the delivery going to goal. I mean, even with the inside 50 count, 41 to 46, every time West Perth got it inside their 50, they didn't have a lot to show yeah. for it. Yeah, I totally agree. They, they've got to have a bit of a look at themselves, and I'm sure Darren Harris will be doing that. Um, but, yeah, they they got a bit of work to do, West Perth. This weekend, they've got a really, another tough game again against, uh, against South Fremantle. South Fremantle, that's going to Up be the there, problem. though. But Absolutely. still going to be a tough one. That, like, that is the problem. They've got South Fremantle, whose season is back on track. 100% and South Fremantle now sits 7th on the ladder. They, they're slowly starting to get there. They're just behind now West Perth. So a win against West Perth can get them in the 6th, depending on how East Perth play this weekend as well. I know they've got a tough game against East Fremantle too this weekend. So, you know, South Fremantle could be there soon. Well, it's like, going to be very, very interesting. I mean, yeah. we, we were speaking that uh, after the breach and after those losses yeah. to the Swans and uh, and Perth, we thought East, uh, South Fremantle's season is cooked, but they are back on track. Speaking but, of sorry, the, in of saying the dogs, that, yeah. they should have beaten Perth the other way. They should have. And Absolutely. That, they, should have, they, they should have won that one easily. Just uh, credit to, to Perth in that game. That is, they're going to be lamenting that the Bulldogs throughout the season. If they miss by a game, the finals, that's the one that they needed to win and that's the one they should have won. Big call, big call. Only yeah. time will tell. Speaking of South Fremantle, they got the job done in what was a real hard slog at the WACA ground in the People's Derby, the Frio Derby. And I know, Taylor, you've got a lot to say about the Sharks' performance, so far away, it's all yours. Well, I just kind of, what you were there. I was there. What's your kind of... Headline from, let's say South Fremantle, great job. 15 on the trot in the finals. Mm. Uh, sorry, not well, we treat it like a final. 15 on the trot in the derby. Great win by them. You, you, you know, it's hard for me to say this, but you played great footy. You adapted to the conditions. You did everything you needed to do. The body language is something that I want to talk about East Fremantle yes. as well. The body language from South was fantastic. They got around each other. They... They, the senior leaders to South Fremantle did a great job in this game. But what's kind of your headline of this game, Paul? I'm just going to put it simply. It says a lot, 15-0. and 0. It yeah. speaks for itself. I mean, there's what's the old saying? A picture's worth a thousand words. If you look at the broadcast, South Fremantle, they were more switched on, especially after the, after the delay. East Fremantle, they were just dropping their heads, hoping for the best. And when they went to 50... Who did they go to? Yeah. They had nothing to show inside 50. All you see was Strom and Harbour getting first hands to the football in yeah. those conditions, especially in the last quarter. So there was a few things that I took out of this game. The first one was they were outcoached. Yes. They needed to adapt at three-quarter time. And I feel like the instructions, and I'll be honest, I didn't brave the wetness and head out there and listen to Billy Monaghan at three-quarter time. Alone. But I imagine the instructions were probably... Get the ball inside 50 as much as we can. They got it in 19 times in the final quarter. But no reward. You've got to be able to, you've got, got to create avenues to actually use the ball when it's in there. I don't know what John O'Marsh was doing in that final quarter. He looked out of place. Um, on the other side of that, Hugh Dixon, fantastic oh, final yeah. quarter. He was brilliant. He got the ball in that forward 50 so many times. He did a great job kind of running off half back. He, he, he was fantastic, Hugh. And we've, we've put the mocker on him a bit this year and we said that his effort hasn't really been there. But he flicked the switch on mm-hmm. uh, yesterday afternoon and he, he ran like no one's business and did a great job. And he's really the only standout from an East Fremantle point of view. But yeah. Hugh, Hugh did great. 
you know, um, Jono, I don't know what he was doing. There was oppor- there was times when the ball was kind of at the 70-metre mark in the attacking side, uh, the attacking half for East Fremantle, yep. heading towards the Optus Stadium end. And I don't know. He, he kind of was sitting at the 45-metre mark, kind of create leads. But we all know when it's where the footy, when you're one-on-one, the chances of you marking the ball is probably not going to happen. So just get it to the hot spot. Get the ball to ground. You're a big body, Jono. Just get the ball and try and try and get a goal. That wasn't happening. That really baffled me. I don't yeah, know why. He, it was out of place, to be honest he with you. Was. And that goes back to your point of, East Fremantle being outcoached. That that was really at the bottom line of that second half. They, they went, were outcoached. And they went really tall as well they did. in this game, which kind of baffled me as well. There was a pl- Jackson McDonald, who's kind of been on the fringe, is a hard body Victorian who's come over and played, I think this is his third season at East Fremantle. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a bit of a mission heading into this game. I thought having someone who's a bit smaller, hard bodied, kind of get in and get out, kind of in the midfield, I think put a, would have really played a bit of a difference in this role, in this game for East Fremantle. But yeah, just not sure. And, and you know, I'm going to put it out there, Paul. They struggle in big games, East Fremantle. We saw it with Claremont in the uh, preliminary final last year. Yes. That was at Sharp Park as well, the That's last right. game that they had there. I know they beat Claremont the other week, but it wasn't massive stakes, if you know what I mean. And round 19 as well. Exactly right. So when when there is something to play for, the Sharks fall apart. That's pretty clear, I think. I think so, yeah. So they've got to put focus. And, and I know Bill, he, he, he says that it's just another game and... and it is. It is just another four points, but there's a little bit more on a, on a, on a derby. Yeah, the stakes to, are there because, you know, you're putting your reputation on the line. To lose 15 in a row now, it's a big game. In another 10, 10 rounds when they take on South Fremantle again, they need to do whatever they can do to get that win. And I don't know if it's... Because let's face it, Paul, there's a lot of players in that East Fremantle side that have never won a derby. Never. So they've got to try and get past players back and talk to the history of the derby, talk about how much it means to them. And and I'm sure that's what's being said in South Fremantle. I'm sure that's what's being said at East Perth and West Perth. So they need to bring these players back. They need to talk into this a little bit more. But... You know, they've got to win a derby if they're going to want to win a premiership. They have to. That's one of their big big stepping stones. And it's a big game. You've got to stand up in big games. You've got to do that. I know Bill will be pulling his hair out, and I know it's another 10 or I don't know how many rounds it is until they play him again, but he's going to have people that are going to come up to him and go, mate, the next derby's coming up here. That's the game that all all, um, fans have got penciled in. And I know yesterday... I saw Bill, and I know everyone as he was walking in that president's lunch yesterday saying, we're going to have a big win today, we're going to be doing all that. And now he's got to live another 10 weeks of that. So yeah. that's going to be tough for him. But something's got to be done here, mm. and, and they've got to lift. They've got to do something. The first step that they can do that is give East Perth a real hiding. 100%. They have to do that. If they want to say to everybody that East Fremantle are true premiership contenders, yep. they're going to have to give East Perth a hammering. They're going to have to give them a hammering next week, uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, it's not... But just just effort. Yeah. There wasn't enough effort on on Monday. Yeah. Yesterday, there just wasn't it. John O'Marsh has really got to look at himself. And, and uh, he's a great player. But just, just run, just... Have a bit of guts. Just mm. get out there. Put your body on the line. And none of the none of the senior players from Eastern Mantle did enough of that yesterday. Yeah, I have to say, yeah. especially. And in I'm what sorry. Was and, I'll, I, and I'll apologise. And I'll say sorry for throwing Jono under the bus. But it was a it was a senior senior leadership game, and none of the senior leaders from Eastern Mantle stood up yesterday. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, would agree on yeah. on those comments. So sorry, Jono. Sorry for yes, pinpointing you. We apologise. We apologise for that, but. 
all of the senior leaders at East Frio need to stand up and they're the ones that are going to drive this change because we don't want to see 16. I don't think anyone really wants to see 16. Probably South Fremantle fans yeah, do, probably. Like, let's be honest. But East Fremantle fans don't want to see it and they've got to win that if they want to take that next step. That'll be another nine or ten weeks away. Just before we go to the votes, uh, Premiership ladder after after eight rounds of the season, Claremont and Peel Thunder equal on top of the ladder along with Subiaco on 24 points. East Fremantle dropped to fourth. East Perth equal with them, but uh, they're on fifth place uh, on percentage. West Perth dropped out of the five. South Fremantle starting to get up there. They're tied on eight points with Swan Districts and Perth and West Coast still yet to pick up a win. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Let's get to the player of the year votes TC for round nine. One vote goes to Mitch Crowden of East Perth. Sensational again in midfield, 35 disposals and seven inside 50s. Two votes, Thomas Edwards from Swan District in form up forward, six goals, but can play up the ground as well. His in and under skills were just terrific and overhead marking, just getting better and better week in, week out. Nine marks for him. Three votes, Alexander Manuel returning to the Claremont side and making an immediate impact up forward. Five goals against Perth. Four votes, Liam Hickmott of Subiaco. Yep. He's having a great season. Another 30 disposal game. Played great on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sunday, sorry. Yep. Had six tackles and mm. six inside 50s. And the five votes, the Around the Waffle top gun of WA Day Round 8 from South Fremantle is Big Zach Strom. Yeah, he played fantastic. Bone, we're not going to give him a mark for it, but uh, Hugh Dixon. He's the only standout from Eastern Mantle from my point of view. He played fantastic footy on the weekend. Just uh, probably, you know, if they won, he would have got in there, I reckon. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, Zach Strom, key inside fantastic. the 50. Every yeah. time the Sharks got inside that 50, big Zach Strom was just there for the pickings, taking they those eight marks. They had an extra player in there every time, didn't they? Yeah, they always had yeah. a plus one though, yeah. by the looks of it in this side. <laughs> Maybe that could have been the key from the outset, but it worked. It, it worked wonders for South Fremantle. And, and that, they deserve that win. You've got to be like that. Absolutely. Well done to Zach Strom, the Around the Waffle top gun of WA Day Round 8. He gets the five votes this week. The leaderboard after Round 8 of the 20 rounds. Not a lot of change. Milan yeah. Murdoch from East Fremantle still leading. Tom North and Jai Bolton equal for second. And then a multitude of players on five votes. Zach Strom joins us now. Uh, ben Sokol, Shane Nelson, Jarvis Peanut, Taylor DeLacy, Aidan Clark and Jaden Hunter. And we've got over 30 players now that have polled votes oh, in, the, in this competition. That's good. It's what you want to see and, and like we always say. If you want to win this, you've got to be winning games. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's uh, another episode in the books, TC. Thanks for your time as always, mate. Look forward nah, to Thursday. Looking forward to Thursday. Like we always say, it's another big round of footy and, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have to try and really try and make a statement round nine. Yeah, the shape of the final five yeah. could be telling uh, in this round of footy. And of course, we'll preview all the games for you on Thursday here on Around the Waffle, whether on the Backchat YouTube channel or on, on wherever you get your podcast. It's the official podcast of the West Australia. Australian Football League. You can follow us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really appreciate it. We look forward to your company on Thursday to preview Round 9. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.